Welcome back to an all new episode of the Super Metal Brothers podcast where it does feel like we are being needled 24-7. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. For those of you who don't know who we are, we are brothers. That's right, biological ones. We are true to the name. We are super because, you know, we like metal. And there we go. That is the th- top trilogy that we well, call ourselves. You know, it took us... Took me over a year to realize why we called ourselves that. I thought we just were big video game nerds, and we weren't a very unimaginative video game nerds at that. Yeah, when we get up to the point where we've used all our jokes for you know heavy metal and music, we can then go to the video games and recycle all those jokes. Excellent. And by the time people forget about the first heavy metal jokes, we'll come back to it again. But on tonight's episode, we are talking about bands that don't have any original members. Some of you like bands, and some of those members that were in the band when you first fell in love with them might have left. But we're talking about the whole thing. We're also going to review the latest offering from Voices of Decay. Yeah, we didn't hear about them either until this very, very week. Hey, Danny. I reckon their voices were decaying our horizons. We actually found them because no one else have released much this week, I guess. But aside from really bad hammy metaphors from Super Metal Brother Dan, let's talk the news. So always start a good news story off with closure from an online, no, it's an ongoing story that we had featured rapidly on the last three weeks of Super Metal Brothers. And for those of you who don't know, the Lincoln Park episode, Danny, fill in our user database of what has been going on with this. Yeah, the lead singer of Lincoln Park, um, he got himself caught up in the whole let's do what Suicide Silence did and um, come out and attack our fans for voicing their opinions on our changing of styles. Brilliant. I mean, they've had too much money. I mean, they've really done right for the band for such a long time. What about give some of that money for the rest of us, right? Exactly right. I mean, like, normally people want to, like, connect with the fans on, a, like, a fun, happy, emotional level, but he decided to get them. No, no. Overrated. Shut your, shut your face, mate. If I want to change my direction, if you're unhappy, well, that's your problem, son. Yeah. yeah and apparently, that, but you know what the funny thing is? Unlike Suicide Silence, Liquor Park record sales have actually dominated, so it actually hasn't affected them. Yeah, Chester Bennington is the guy we're talking about here, and he was going after his fans the last week, but apparently someone has talked some sense into him. The Now, Chester Bennington is saying that the singer from Slipknot, uh, yeah. our boy Corey, Taylor, Corey Taylor, talked some sense into him. I'd like to believe that it was someone of higher design, probably to divine innovation called upper management. Yeah. Surely someone from the head office or from the record label said, dude, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I just like to get emotional sometimes, voice my opinion. It's like, no, you are now assigned to us. You don't have an opinion. Now, write this song about uh, you know unicorns or whatever they're singing about these days and make us a ton of money. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. But uh, he's actually, look, he's come out, he's done the right thing, and he's, he's apologized. So I, get, so I get personal, I get very passionate at times, and it was pretty personal, so I apologize, no offense, blah, blah. So look, he's, he's come out before it got... Bad. This yes. is far more diplomatic than anything even France could have put it, and this is what Chester Benton has said. Most of our fans have been very positive lately, some not so much. Either way, there is a lot of passion on both sides, and I'm grateful to all of our fans. Where was this kind of talking three weeks ago? This really doesn't sound like the same guy, or maybe we have some more of this introspection from you know one of uh, America's re- leading record sale artists, whether you want to say artistically wise. Well, the fans sure don't think so. Yeah. Oh look, yeah, he's he's done the right thing. He's apologised, and again, it hasn't affected his CD sales. So there you go. Doing the right things in different ways—that is the theme of tonight's episode with podcasting that we like to do, right alongside with System of a Down's drummer John Dolmayan. Now, 
you might know System of a Down because 12 years ago, they wrote some pretty interesting songs that were quite diverse in the mix, Danny. What would you say the pioneering aspects of System of a Down's appeal was back then? We actually, it's funny. I mean, to be fair, it was a gimmick song and that was Chop Suey because that was a song which kind of put him on mainstream TV and got everybody excited by this new band. Look, they probably had a cult following, underground following before that. For them to afford a film clip, they must have had some sort of following. But on a big stage, they came out with this song about, you know, I guess it's about domestic violence. I really think of what that was about. And then from then on, they actually were quite poignant. The lyrics were very, like, political base, etc. And to a fact point now that the um, Surge has decided to just focus on those areas and not, or areas, sorry, and not even decide to um, write an album. So let's talk to uh, John Dolman. Well, we didn't talk to him, but someone did. And this is what his words to say about the question that we just asked him 10 seconds ago, which we didn't ask him. In our band, the difficulty really isn't. It's is one of the, us going to fall off the wagon in a band situation. That's not really important. Are we? This is what is important. Are we going to come together and make something happen? It's been about 12 years since we've been put on an album. So... It's hypothetical. He kind of feels the frustration of the fans because he must be himself frustrated. But I'm sure that his boat and, you know, the yachts and all those things that money can buy, like maybe happiness, for example, um, would make it a little bit easier to sleep at night. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, to be fair, they actually are writing new material, apparently. So who knows when this turns into an album. If you read the whole article, it even sounds like, yeah, they're, they're writing new music, but like saying surgically seeing it still has so many things different pies that it's too hard to keep them in sod so yeah like uh, and you're not supposed to put your fingers in the pies you're supposed to eat them and that's the problem with surge you know he's too political for his own liking maybe that's probably the problem he's probably burned his fingers he can't hold the microphone anymore <laughs> or he can't write lyrics <laughs> like, ah, it's all these pies it's all sticky until <laughs> <laughs> the scars heal people I can't do shit yeah so uh, you know anyone out there is a system of a down fan you know who to talk to John's the guy you need to get through to because eventually we'll be pissed off enough to release these songs you know just leak them out onto a Spotify or whatever and we get them for free yeah it might turf the band but you know Money really isn't an issue. So you got tool, a perfect circle, and a system of down. Man, there's a three-horse race all of a sudden. Oh, actually, you know what? I think we should put that down to it, Daniel. I am calling on tonight's episode. I think, I still think Tool's going to release the album first. Well, technically, I think, oh, it's a perfect circle, which have actually kind of finished. Oh, mm. you're right. I'm going to say perfect circle. Okay. And um, whoever gets it wrong has to review the album. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> we probably won't like it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the other guy gets a week off and just throws popcorn at you while you review oh, it. Oh, yeah. And maybe, maybe we can leave it out to our fans to decide how they're going to review it. Maybe doing a handstand. Maybe they do it naked in Rundle Mall. Who knows, right? But that would be kind of fun. Yeah, turn your dream to reality. Yeah. Well, moving on to the next story with Max and Eagle Cavalera. Now, they have reviews refused Sepultura the use of music in the upcoming documentary from Ateo Giulio, wherever. He's the guy who's directed it in the documentary. Yeah. But uh, you would know Max and Eagle as being, I think, the founding members, or at least the most important members of Sepultura before that thing fell apart. Hey, Danny. Pretty much so. We don't want to foreshadow what happens later on in the show, but you're correct. The, apparently, there's a new Sepultura documentary coming out, and some of the songs uh, Sepultura brothers, like Cavalier brothers, didn't want them to use in the documentary. But some they did. It was actually quite interesting. So I guess they own 50% of all Sepultura songs, I guess, up until they left. That's right. And... Some songs like Roots, they didn't want played in the documentary, but some songs they did write 
Ah, so it's, it's very, very complicated. But that's yeah. the million-dollar thing, isn't it? Roots, I mean, that is one of their staple songs. Yeah. It's, you know, Metallica's Sandman. It's Deep Purple's uh, Smoke in the Water. It's Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby One More Time, you know. Don't ask me why I'm putting these references in here. But it's important that we acknowledge what it is. Exactly right. So, I mean, the documentary, I mean, if, if you think how hard it was for them just to get music allowed on their documentary, imagine how hard it was to put this documentary together. I mean... Mm. Hopefully it hasn't been tainted, and the Cavalier Brothers just come out as like perfect angels, and everything's yeah. great. We did, we did, we changed the music industry for the better. Yeah. For the, sure, uh, we'll give you roots, but you have to give us all the royalties and make us a popcorn and chocolate sandwich. That's ridiculous. I don't have chocolate. Well then, yeah. you don't get roots. So this is the kind of conversations that metalheads like to have that we don't hear about. Yeah. And you said Cavalier Brothers, the ones who saved the rainforest and and all that type of stuff. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? We're going to be here to give you the news up first and forward. So make sure you come back and check that out. Loudwire. They've come out with a really cool article about death metal gutturals. Now, we all like doing it, but apparently we all used to do it. Did you realize that death metal growling comes from infancy? But some people out there forget how to channel their inner demon. Can you believe that? So that's crazy. Anytime you want to say like a lead singer of your favorite metal band is a bit childish. Well, yeah, he is. And, and there's he this guy is. called Dr. Alphabet. I couldn't pronounce it because there's like a lot of Z's and K's in the in the name. Yeah. So it's Dr. Is is Depsky, right? So that sounds like a very you know important name that we can't really forget. And it seems legit. You know, yeah. if it was a Dr. Smith, yeah, he's probably full of shit. Yeah. But this Dr. Bisky Or Dr. Pepper. Or Dr. Yeah, Pepper. Can't oh, be that God, guy. that tastes yeah. like crap. Uh, a baby has all the sounds apparently called, in, called the doctor. It has the sounds of screaming and growl and inhalation and high pitch and whistle, low pitch. We all have it. We all learnt it, but we somehow lose it. How can people be cooler when they were just coming out of their mum's womb than 40 years later, Danny? I don't know. That's why I guess we run podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that, I think that's quite amazing. I had no idea that it'll. you literally were born with all those tools and some people have just been able to keep onto it or refine it somehow. I think that's quite an amazing thing. And yeah. Can you do growls dunning at all? Or have you tried it? Because I know you're very self-conscious. It's like as a baby, you you had the freedom there. You, you were uninhibited to express yourself the way it is. But now you're forcing yourself not to do it because you're afraid of damaging vocal cords or getting throat cancer. Really lame excuses, I must admit. Yeah. But um, yeah. as, as reading this article kind of freshen your mind up, Danny, are you prepared to come back? To the metal side. And uh, what scream will we be giving us? Oh, honestly, I, I can't scream. I've, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. And my scream just sounds like a, a, a baby cat. It's terrible. I, all I do in my spare time, we have people like sing to themselves. I just I just do gutturals. And uh, my regional managers always look at me and say, why does the customer walk past and hear you doing it? I'm like, well, they should join in because apparently doctor is right. So, you know, let's do spread the word. Yeah. Do gutturals. That's right. Come back to you. You, know, you don't want to grow up too quickly. You want to have fun and freedom. There's no better way than re-tapping to your childhood roots and be a heavy metal screamer. <laughs> Nothing is more important than tapping roots than getting beer. And right now, yeah, ooh, ah. the Germans have worked out a way of get, doing both. So let me tell you about the pipeline from heaven. Danny, I'm not going to tell you now because I got bored of what I just said, but you're going to tell them what the pipeline of heaven is. Zechariah, but first you've got to set up the, uh, the set up the scenario. There's a metal festival, I guess some people have heard it from. It's called Wacken. And now before you do the scenario, you have the location. Germany. Wacken in Germany. And apparently this, this normal city, it's average with yearly population around the 1,500 to 2,000 mark. But every like Wacken three-day music festival comes along, it jumps up to 75,000 people live in this festival and then you have like another 100,000 or so you get like busting or some bullshit over the weekend. So what they've realized is like setting up a festival in the middle of a parklands, you, you don't really get good access to like 
many services. One of them is beer. So yeah. back in the old days, they had to keep carting in barrels and barrels of beer, keep changing barrels and barrels of beer over kegs, over destroying the floor, getting people's way. They thought, why don't we beat that and install a beer pipeline directly to the festival? You know what's going to happen? They're going to have people during the pipeline just like digging holes into the pipeline <laughs> and just getting drunk, putting their mouth on top of the thing. You're going to see all these drunk dead people next to this line. You're going like, to drill holes in it and put straws in it. And it's like all day just sitting there with a straw. I mean, it's a brilliant idea and I hope it really works. But because I don't think this has ever been done before. I know, but... It's quite. Look, they're not just doing that. They're also doing the uh, sewer pipeline and the electrical pipeline. So there's more than just one. So, so for one day a year, they're ha- happy to take a little part of the earth and the ecosystem with it, just so it gets more metal. I'm down with that. Exactly. I think I think this guy gets metalhead of the week. The yeah, guy who designed this beer pipeline. It's quite amazing. You know, after all the research we did, I think we only got up to beer pipeline. Get us on board and uh, all the rest of that. Okay, so, yeah. pouring six beers a second as well. So that's. That's pretty good. I think it's one of those things that it can, but they probably won't. <laughs> oh, it's, a big, it's a big festival. It's a lot of people wanting beers at one shot. So uh, That is true, too. We've talked about uh, Corey Taylor before, so let's talk about him a little bit more. He uh, got on the tears, Danny. He was talking about um, his suicide attempt and being assaulted in a sexual way. The last thing he remembered was he took a lot of cocaine and waking up in a dumpster. Uh, look, at least now we're really starting to get the idea behind the mask. It's like, you know, it's a plurality. It's like he is the mask and he isn't, which makes him mostly Corey Taylor. It's not that deep, but, um, you know, I was losing my train of thought with it. Yeah, uh, you've seen that one, yeah. <laughs> Apparently he was interviewed on a some sort of like reality TV show with a, um, yeah. like a, it's a doctor who talks to celebrities and gets the innermost thoughts out and... Yeah, he kind of just had this interview and he broke down and talked about his pain and he tried to commit suicide and a next girlfriend's grandmother happened to swing past his house while they'd check up on him when he was lying down um, full of pills and saved his life. So it's amazing, man. Could you imagine? This is the, We almost didn't have Slipknot because, you know, this yeah. guy had a hard time breaking up with his girl. There are a lot of other things as well, you know. Some some teenager felt him up, which is really uncool. Douchebag of the week. Yeah. That was easy. Yeah, but, definitely um, right. But hey, look, it's a serious topic, I guess, with the Chris Cornell thing happening as well. So suicide, oh, it's it's it's, it's the number one hot topic right now. But um, we can't do that now because we've heard some great news, Danny, this week, haven't we? Oh yes, definitely. Yes. Richie Blackmore says that he would play with Deep Purple again. It's, that is like wow. In really? other news, Deep Purple have no interest in playing <laughs> with Richie Blackmore. Unfortunately, it's two sides to a coin, and uh, it keeps flipping up no. You know. Yeah, it's it's a real shame because for those of you who don't know. Uh, Richie Blackmore is one of the strongest heavy metal writers of all time. Deep Purple was one of those things. You remember Smoke on the Water and Black Knight. Everyone plays him. Everyone knows. It's on Triple M every day. And uh, everyone's happier for it. Could you imagine this guy getting back together from Deep Purple? We're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to get their new boy or old boy, yeah, Steve, Steve Moores, yeah. out of the picture, Danny. How does that happen? Well, that's what I'm saying. They're saying Steve Moores has been there longer than Blackmore. But to be fair, most of Deep Purple's big and well-known songs and albums were the Blackmore era, but they've pretty much said only about a couple of weeks ago, I think it was either Gillen or Pacey came out and said that uh, we're happy with we are, we're, we're enjoying ourselves, and uh, Blackmore, I know, we just don't see him <laughs> joining in. They just don't want to, they really don't want to work with him again. Yeah. But, but if you read that article, Blackmore doesn't sound like a fun guy to work from. He says he doesn't, in, like in, when he says people have fun, and enjoy and they smile. He goes, he doesn't understand why you have fun playing music. He has music serious and should be treated seriously. So he doesn't seem like a person you want to ban. He just seems like yeah. he's too boring. 
and no other way did he tell this but through the uh, outlet of the Guardian. Now we know the Guardian for thankfully telling us that mosh pits aren't okay. So um, I don't know what uh, Richie Blackmore has been uh, talking to or what he's been doing, but we're glad that he did suggest it, even as a one-off time that they find their way to Adelaide one day and do the opposite of every other band, just come to Adelaide and boycott the Eastern States. And maybe brings over Ian Gillen with him, plays a couple of classics, you know. Maybe you can call it uh, Richard Blackmore's Deep Purple and play nothing but rainbow songs. That would be pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> balance out the universe yeah, from what he right. did last time. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe have, and have Steve Vai on call just in case. Danzig says uh, that he'll do more shows with the Misfits. Glenn Danzig, you know him as pretty much being one of the most iconic members in hard rock or I guess whatever rock that he was playing at the time with the band. And he slams metal bands who can't play their stuff live. That is a really interesting point because the way we're going in today's society, uh, we really get stuck when doing a really killer audio production, you know, get the best take from a best take and uh, playing it live, maybe it's just not possible. Well, that's true as well. But he came out to something even more crazy and saying that people are just dubbing it and phoning it in live. And I don't know too many metal bands who would do that. That is a pretty big call to make. And I've never heard or I've never seen something like that occur in the metal field. So that's that's a pretty big call, man. I remember when Pepsi Live was going around at the time and they got some metal bands on there, but they would take the piss because they were like consciously obligated to play a pre-recorded set list. And they're like, okay, we'll do it. And then that's you know do the whole entire thing when they were live with the pre-recorded tape switching guitars uh not even near their instruments you know yeah, that, swearing that was your favorite band iron maiden yeah, yeah you know were- what and that's exactly what i would have done too off oh, a country i was going to be there that's fine but we don't have to play our instruments yeah. so yeah good for them i guess but that was a long time ago that's like mid-90s i believe something back then you know? well maybe he's just got really bad memory or he's got <laughs> right. really good acid it was only last night when i saw it last i dude you haven't slept in three years man that was that was still going around he's good play that guy uh, let's finish off with Kiss. Uh, Gene Simmons says, the last farewell Kiss ever do will be free. Trick question. They're never going to do a farewell tour because they've been doing farewell yeah. tours the last 10 years. What a misnomer. What a way to piss off your fans even more. Uh, and I think the journalist misunderstood Gene Simmons. When he said free, you know, he said three, as in $3,000 a ticket. Because there's no way in hell a guy who's turned everything into a merchandising, like, arena or area is no way he's giving away free tickets yeah exactly like we have to go out in a bang which means we can't come back and get more money off you which means we really want your money um yeah free because he says he wants to have a really big party and something like that and uh maybe his idea of a free gig is like you have a couple of friends over his place or whatever and he plays some old kiss records but uh yeah we're not we're not buying that are we denny no no definitely i think yeah i think look yeah no to the editorial Heavy metal bands. Who doesn't love them? I sure as hell do love them. But then again, I am biased. I also like to believe that my band will stay together forever, my favorite ones at least, never break up, and I will always remain happy. Not so the problem that with these days, we have a lot of record labels that like to get involved with bands. They put a lot of money and that's a lot of time into it. And fans want to hear their songs that they fell in love with at the compromise of not the be- of the original members not even being there. That's right. On today's show, metal bands who have no original band members left in them. It's very interesting, isn't it, to have a band where, I guess, I mean, because we, we always don't start following bands from the inception. So for us, when we start listening to a band, it's because we liked it from that point. So, look, some people's not important, some people's very important. But then again, it's, the question is, well, is it still the same? 
Majority of the times, I normally follow bands that would have members leave. You know, it's sometimes these albums or bands can have a, tw- a 10 to 20 year cycle. And if they're really successful, they'll never die, become, you know, dinosaurs. And people just like their songs, like Run to the Hills, even though they're not that good, Danny. Uh-huh. We're talking about me. They've, they've literally, <laughs> every, every position that has changed so many times, like Steve Harris, the bass player, is the only original member. Yeah. They've gone and through the, like and there's, a bunch, there's a bunch of bands that I can remember, like Mnemic. Uh, before they break up, the bass player or Chimera, the singer. And there were a bunch of bands that I remember that they were being survived or thrived just from one member. Mm. But we're talking literally no members. And I think, Danny, we can start with our fans that have uh, commented on our walls. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. This, um, We've had a couple today, this week. It's a bit of a, an interesting question, but we've had a oh, couple of We bites. were stumped. So we talked to our fans who obviously know a lot more about it than we do. And Brayden Lash is winner of the Supernova Brothers competition. Got himself a fine CD testament, which I was very happy he didn't take a pleasure of apocalypse at the time. Yes, that's true, yes. But uh, we'll be doing one of those this year, but we'll talk about that later. He's actually come out and said Sepultura, but he considers them dead to him since Max have left the band, Max Cavalier. We just covered him t- uh, 10 minutes ago, so if you want to have our thoughts about that, go listen to about 10 minutes ago. Uh, he said, having said that, he's not sure he would have liked the direction they were heading to anyway. Quite the paradox. What does he do? Does he follow himself or does he just not? Yeah, that's it. Fair enough. We'll, we'll talk about that later, well, I guess. It's hard to say because they already left the band. So you'd say to, you would have no top question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even Dal is here. I think first time commenter on our wall. Yeah. Welcome to our channel there, buddy. And I hope you like getting your name mispronounced. Yeah, it's Evan, Matt. So. Ah, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those tricky ones. Yeah, it's one of those four-letter words that I'm not very good at. It's amazing. When you, it's like one, two, skip a few, nine, nine, hundred. That's my like year levels yeah, at school. Yeah. One, two, just like that's all I need. Yeah. So even in the flames, he reckons. <laughs> <laughs> Evan in flames. Uh, but they haven't done anything decent for a while. I'll agree, and we can come to that when we cover our top ten. And when I mean our top ten, I obviously mean Loudwire's top ten. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of research to find. I even know there was one band which had no original members. So to find 10 is actually... Look, I think covered the ones at the start of this list. You're like, huh? But there's actually some big names and a controversial name as well. Yeah, so we're going to start off on the 10 with Neuraxis. Uh, little known about them, unfortunately. They sound like a really good death metal band. Probably tech death metal, Danny. Imagine one that spends way too much time practicing and not doing things like marketing. Yeah, exactly right. It could, or it would just be those guys who just got that generic sound and they've just locked into that sound. But we don't know. We didn't check it out. So yeah, we'll no, go to number no, nine no. with Christian Death. Christian Death. Oh, that sounds like a very good band indeed that I do not know much about. Yeah, and it just it just sounds like, um, it has to be 80s because Christian Death just sounds like an 80s band. We, we are, we're going to get, so Hannah's like, how do you not know who Christian Death is? You're right. So we're going to go to Stradivarius. We do know who yeah, Stradivarius are. Huh? Yeah. They have those violins and stuff in their middle, don't Strat- they, Danny? Stradivarius. Stradivarius. Ah, uh, yeah, the guy with the violin yeah. or something. Um, yeah, they're like a progressive or goth type power metal type band yeah. it's funny because when it comes to goth music ah, I really don't give a shit so I guess yeah. we have to move on to number Aces 7 it's amazing because that film clips like them singing like in Japan and Japanese guys are freaking oh. full into they love it man don't worry about Super Metal Brothers you got Super Metal fans and like they're all in Asia and you know go ahead make love to all their sweet women drink all their sweet Asahi beer and uh, don't forget to come to Adelaide yeah in Flames, a band we know quite a lot about, a band that literally has changed because they've been going on for quite a long time, surely yeah, at least 20 years. Yeah, about that. Now, we've covered In Flames in the inception, or I guess in their last uh, album, which was just a pile of crap, really. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are saying the same. Even the band admits that the new fans aren't really taken to the songs quite yet, so they're drip-feeding them to the set. 
I'm like, yeah, you can't get, it's not a war zone. You can't just keep, keep adjusting them to crap music all the time. Eventually, they just won't come to your shows. Yeah, well, it's just like the frog. You know, the frog you put in hot water and you increase a degree at a time. Yeah. And it doesn't notice. Yeah, well, eventually it dies. Yeah, so exactly. So you, your you're banking you're on your fans it. to die because they desperately want to hear like uh, some of the early stuff from, you know, at least uh, just name an album. Um, Cloud Connected. Yeah, go that one. That's a good song. No, Reroutes Remain. I, I was thinking Minus, but no, they never play that song live and they should because they're just a bunch of idiots. Reroutes Remain. There we go. Thanks. I'm back to it. Um, but that's the problem I have right now is that bands now, when they lose an integral member for it, lose their part of the sound. So... Yeah, we'll get to that when we finish it. Yeah, so there yeah. we go. Cattle Decapitation. We have seen Cattle Decapitation yeah, live. They are really intense. And I'd imagine that uh, having the original band members would help. However, with such a chaotic sounds, I don't think that people would mind too much. Yeah, again, I'm not a massive fan of the older stuff, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, Quiet Riot. Uh, Danny, you know a lot about these guys. They're the veterans, aren't they? Yeah, they're the veterans. Again, I don't know too much about Quiet Riot. We all know one or two of their bigger songs, but that's about all. Now, this is where we're going to come to one of our fans and showcase Braden at CFC right here about how we think about Sepultura. Now, I own Chaos AD. It's a good album. You know, it's got awesome that hits and people seem to love it. Max is on it, which, you know, is a good thing if you like, you know, Cavalier as a last name. But uh, the new stuff isn't bad. The direction that there are right now, I don't think it's, it's terrible. I think yeah. it's very solid. It's a good thrash time. Um, it's pretty meaty. Vocals do a good job. The musicianship on it's quite good. I think um, some of the old school fans um, just they they obviously absorbed in that old school sound. So I can't really tell them not to do it. Or else I'd be a douchebag from Lincoln Park, wouldn't I? <laughs> exactly. You right. know that's the problem I have. So I can't really be upset at them. However, yeah. I would argue that the band keep going is a good thing. Well, yeah, the last album, we were quite impressed with it. Got on our top 10 list. Again, you're right, it has an old-school 80s thrash at times, but also it tries to um, incorporate a bit of that tribal sound with the drums, which is a bit of the Cavalier way. But the most important thing, they get to covers of the old-school songs. And I say that because, really, there are no members of the original, so I really do find like it's a cover band with the same yeah. name. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw that out there. I know people might be upset with that, but I think what you want to do is when you connect with the music, you also want to connect with the musician who wrote that playing that with you. Um, might be meaningless, but again, I think it's just an important thing to notice. Yeah, we'll give the list before we get too into our ideas. Gua is a band that was not on Eurovision, was it? No, no, that was Lordy. That was Lordy. We talked about him last week. He had guys upset that he became richer famous because of it. But we do know Gua as for captaining our prime minister at the time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's true. That's our way. He came yep. to Adelaide. They obviously don't like conservative government, so they expressed their way from getting a decapitated government, which is fine. You know, we, we laughed. Blood was spilled everywhere. I was in the end of the back thing, so I didn't get anything on me. So yeah, yeah, I, I can enjoy all those kids screaming, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the tradition, like Alice Cooper decapitates himself, Gua decapitates someone else. So. That's right. Mentally scar them so then they can become stronger people in life or an axe murderer. Either way is cool. Just don't live in Adelaide. Well, we've already got enough of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got the barrels, don't we? We're notorious oh, we got, for it. More serial killers per capita than anyone else in Australia. So yeah. take that. Yeah, we, we have like three people in the country, in the state, and then one of them is a serial killer. Like well, that's like 33% of the whole country yeah, is a serial killer. Exactly right. That's so ridiculous. Just be careful. You're forewarned. Ah, oh, wow. Um, the other the other 2% or the other 66% are addicted to porn and do podcasts. No, Get killed by the serial killer. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so, Napalm Death, number two, massive band. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of love for them, done a lot of things. It's hard to know, it's hard to believe that they are, but you know, maybe it's just people want to keep it alive so much that the record label was like, all right, 
just chuck another guy in there, you know? Just see people rotate. It's just like being in the groceries, you know? Just one goes in, one comes out. That's what origami's all about. That wasn't the Simpsons quote, but... Dude, hokey pokey. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> take a band member in. You take the lead singer out. <laughs> oh, record sales go down. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and number one, the most controversial of all controversial. You knew that loud why I love them so much that to put them in some kind of list, I'd imagine. But they don't belong on everyone's list. We are talking about Sweden's very own, very popular death metal, progressive metal, uh, Folk metal. <laughs> well, yeah. Man. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to say. Opeth. Yeah. Mikhail Ackerfeld apparently isn't the original member in the band. Yeah, but Wikipedia says otherwise, so now I'm confused. Though. Well, the problem is that I found is that I own their first record, Orchid, and he's definitely on it. But yeah. did he literally have a problem where he killed the first singer? So he was about to go in the recording studio. Then, like, Mikhail came in and, and said, no, I'm the new one. It was like, what happened to the old guy? He's like, yeah, he won't be coming into the studio. And, yeah, they bought it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's quite weird. But actually, going to that, that makes a good point, Matt. Going to that list, there were several bands which actually had an original, well, a, a, a member who's still around today who was a part of the band before the first album was released. So oh. technically, these people had at least one original member on every single album ever released. And they were, I'll get my thing out, Neuraxis. The guitarist came before the first album. All right. Capital Decapitation, singer came pretty much on the verge of the first album, so it's either just before or just after it's released. Sepultura, the bass player, was joined before the first album was released. Um, Guav had the original lead singer until unfortunately he died. Yeah. And then Opeth with Mikkel. So, so you're saying that our list really is a terrible list. Well, well by that I say loud wise list because, well, you know. It depends how you ju- Look, to be fair, based on the inception of the band, they are correct. That list, apart from the Opeth is controversial, they are correct in saying a member. No original members are there for the founding members. But there's four bands there where the first album or first music you actually hear recorded has one of these original members, like pseudo original members mm. on there. So the question is, what is a considered original member? I would say, okay, technically they are correct. You have to be there since inception. But from a fan's or music point of view, well, no, it's the people who are actually on the album or wrote the album. They're the ones who shape the sound. So yeah. technically, they're the ones you really care about. So technically, know? the list sucks. We kind of screwed up. We're sorry. Please forgive us. Oh, and again, it's all, it's all semantics. Oh, you know? Danny, you're so on the fence right now. Like, it's just, okay, it's all right. So at the end of the day, you know, whatever you guys got out of today's conversation... Do you believe Opeth really are? I guess that's what I want to know from you guys. Are Opeth should be on this list because they're so high. So if you guys want to give us a hit, go to facebook.com forward slash Metal Bro and leave us a comment on there and uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, but I think like going back to your point, I think we'll discuss slightly more. It is one of those things where should the band change its name? Because like you suggested, they've changed so many band members that you're right, they're pretty much doing covers. They're not really doing originals i mean they've they're doing their originals but they're also doing the previous band's covers so how can you say it's the same but then you also have the same thing where a band like opeth changes style so much mm-hmm. again well you've just changed your style is that the same thing of just having whole new band members come in so it's, it's very controversial all this existential conversation is making me very very thirsty so why don't we move on to our final presentation and let the fans decide well, they we go to like soccer teams man <laughs> they keep changing players yeah well that's <laughs> right exactly right so now we are totally screwed 
So that's just great. If you love metal <laughs> oh, as much as us. Shit movie franchise. <laughs> change Terminator 3, don't get me start, right? Look, Gen, Gen, Gen Wysis, man. <laughs> They're not even trying anymore. At least he's put some effort into it yeah, so we can try yeah. to back you at some sort of commission, mate. Get all the original members back. On to our final presentation. And this <laughs> Little is known about the band we are about to review for you tonight. We literally got desperate because we saw all the big things coming out and going like a bunch of hipsters that we are without the hair or even an interesting job. Actually, they don't have jobs either. So we are hipsters. We found a band that we thought we needed to cover in this show. We are talking about Italy's very own Voices of Decay. Couldn't believe it. Another Italian band. Are we about to experience the Italians dominate for two years in a row? We knew Flesh God of Pockets won album of the year last year. Uh, they should have been on everyone's list. They're definitely on our list, though. Voices of Decay's latest album called Evasion. Is this album going to be in the top 10 for this year? Well, we'll have to talk about the end, won't we, Danny? Yeah, it's, um, you're right. It came up. No, this band here has under 1,000 Facebook followers. So to find this album, man, sounds extremely well, man. A lot of research, a lot of hard time going through all these different bands all this music sacrificing your ears what the funniest thing was is that i I follow a couple of things on youtube because they uh basically there's these guys which is pretty cool they release albums only at the discretion of the bands or songs and um i've got one for death metal one for black metal one for whatever uh this one here is from a black metal page right and when i listened to it the first 10 seconds like yeah this isn't black metal dude this is like melodic death metal so then I had to go to their actual page, you know, their Facebook page, and they're like, yeah, we're melodic death metal. So there you go. The band is a melodic death metal band from the very north of Italy. I'm talking like pretty much on the borderline. We're talking Moran and South Royal. If you don't know what that is, you need to go to Google Maps because I can't tell you anything else about it. You just told me it was just near the border. It's Moran and South Royal. <laughs> a little bit about Voices of Decay for you. They were founded by Lucas and Christophe. So it was like Christopher, but missing the E and the R. That's kind of cool. It's not Italian at all. I know. I told you it was very north. Yeah. Maybe they just have someone walk over the border. Yeah, they were friends with James maybe for a Norway. while. Maybe Norway. That's a north area. Yeah, maybe. Um, pure death metal band apparently in 1997, but after the first demo CD, oh. they had decided, you know, let's change it. Let's do something a little bit commercial. Let's not call it selling out, but make it more marketable to a general population. Change our sound, if that, even if we like doing the old style. Don't get Linkin Park on your ass, man, and punch you. Apparently, due to label problems, the following record took some time. Can't believe that. Remember that time we talked about bands, labels, screwing people about money? It's yeah, some bad ones out there. Make sure you're careful, these people out there. Exactly. It's like wearing protection with women, but this is far worse because, like, you know, you can always deny that you're a kid, so I guess. <laughs> All right, focus. <laughs> In 2010, the band released their full length album Overcome, which was before this one. The new album contains the lyrical trademarks, but also includes different influences and some very heavy parts, right? So you're starting to get a vibe of what this band's coming from. 2011, they were signed to Casket Music. Overcome was released worldwide in 2000, it's now in July the 18th. So now here we are in 2017 with Evasion. Uh, I'm getting a hint that they like calling their albums by one name, which is kind of interesting, but that's okay. We can deal with that. Yeah, if that's easy. I mean, it's probably easy to translate. Cause with Italian, translate from Italian to English doesn't work. So Daniel's got the app on his phone, so he can oh. tell you how hard it is to even learn Italian. Oh, mate. Duolingo, make it easier, please. Oh, please, man. Like, Can you just massage our balls to get the information through it? That'd be fantastic. But yeah. apparently that's only what porn does. Yeah, okay. Again, focus, man. <laughs> <laughs> We have a five-tier program when it comes to reviewing CDs because we know that this way guarantees that we know that we like the CD. And if we like it, 
then maybe somewhere, somehow, someone else will like it. The riffs, we, uh, the vocals, diversity, groove, and production is our five-tier foolproof program. More tighter than... What's it more tighter than, Danny? Then uh, Loudwise, the top 10 bands. <laughs> original members list. Oh, eat the biggest side of my ball sack, uh, Loudwire. Let's talk about the riffs, man. This is a melodic death metal band, right? So what you're getting is something that I think anyone can listen to in a metal spectrum for a quite a long time. But there's a balance of melodies, grooves, and just stuff to keep you interested for more than maybe just enough to get to the chorus where it's normally the catchiest. Yeah, I mean, right, it's the typical melodeath sounding. Uh, I was very surprised with the really this there's lack of really heavy or chunky riffs in this yeah. album. Like there's Track eight has one. Yeah. There's that real death metal riff which comes out of nowhere yeah. and it's kind of jarring in a sense, but it's more of that please. Yeah, and, and track seven's a bit faster paced and track three's faster paced, so you get a bit of a fight riff in there but that's about it the rest of the um, album the riffs are very methodic and very uh, sometimes a bit repetitive I mean, the, I mean as in like each song seems to be different in this riff stylings but yes. the song itself they're quite long songs each one five to seven and a half minutes but it has very repetitive uh riffing in the songs i feel the riffing i think does a good enough job to get you to the next part and it's kind of engaging i think the drummer could help out a little bit more sometimes but um i think the riffing was for me engaging enough to uh, get me excited to hear what else they can kind of do with it um i don't think it was brown groundbreaking and stuff uh but um I don't know, it's something about it that they had fun with writing this song album, which I think, for me, I got to enjoy with them. Because there's songs that sound really kind of happy, songs that sound a bit darker, but I think it was just an album that didn't take itself very seriously. And in the in the veins of like death metal bands that I think that they might not emulate, but sound like, like Dark Tranquility, for example, yeah. especially the earlier stuff, no. um, even Hypocrisy and those kind of things, it sounds more like that kind of style than, you know, Soil Work or Scar Symmetry, for example. But I generally had fun listening to it from start to finish, even though I can definitely see that those uh, gripes that you have, Danny, valid as they are, I did actually enjoy this album's riffage for some reason. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, you can say that. Look, the word times where when I felt like they were on, they were great. But yeah. there's a lot of times where they were just like, okay, that's just, mm, just there's something missing. I don't know what it is, but something, something, I don't know what the substance is, but something's not there. Look, they do have some good melodies at times. I really like it. It's really nice feel to the song. So I'll, I'll go with that, but I don't know. Just feel like sometimes they, they could have stepped it up a notch somehow. We'll cover this more later on because I think I want to talk about it with more in diversity. So let's move on to vocals before we do that. The vocalist, I think, does a decent job at growling. You know, he gives you a style of that you've people much come accustomed to when it comes to death metal. But what about that singing, Danny? Mm. We've heard flat, but then I've got tires that are in my backyard, and this is almost flatter than that. Yeah, the the uh, melodic or the clean vocals are not great. They really are. The, 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 mm. the idea is cool, but mm. when you can see how the producer might be able to help him out a bit more next time, is that when they harmonise. That's when you start to get like oh, that's not an enjoyable note, nah. you know. Yeah. And um, it might just be a lack of doing it more, or this is the first time attempting it, which is fine. But um, it's just not quite there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like he's he's probably in pitch. Like he's in pitch, of course, because you can always put people in pitch. But the the the, the feeling and the power and the tonality is just not there, and it just it's not nice. I mean, like it it seems like he needs some more good lessons to really get a good yeah, power. Yeah, but the idea is yeah. cool because it adds another layer which I think 
the melody, the notes that they're picking are cool. It's just the execution. So the ideas I think in these guys' heads right now is definitely going to get them to another place. But unfortunately, yeah. but not sticking the landing is very important, especially in the Olympics, man. Yeah, but the other the problem with the singer as well, like because he has his very low, slow growl. Um, what I guess makes me not really enjoy the riffs that much is that when the guitarist tries to like, do key changes or a bit different the riffs, the singing doesn't change the style. So you have like a the guitarist playing long and the singer's doing his low growling, then the guitarist do like a cheap key change or something different, but he still keeps it the same growl. And I'm like, no, no, that's that's when you're supposed to either do something different or change your intensity or do something. You're supposed to go with the instrument. So that was a bit frustrating. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I didn't um, notice that. But um, I guess what we can do is move on to diversity, see how some of these things go together. And this is where the strongest part for me works because the one thing with these bands do well is their strings or I guess you can go the programmed keys or whatever. And this is one thing about the band which really got me excited to listen to next songs because the way the guitarists would work alongside them and there would be different ideas around it, which actually got me a little bit happy. It was like, oh, these guys are actually kind of throwing some things in it. They're not taking themselves too seriously, but the songwriting itself is actually pretty engaging and, you know, they're quite lengthy and depth and filled out. So I actually started to really enjoy it from this part. I thought the guys tried to throw in some curveballs and they've got a lot of cool ideas. And I think giving it more time to shoe in there, there's massive potential for this band, I think. Um, they are they are in the second album, but... Um, I really liked it. I thought, I thought, to be honest, I actually really did enjoy the diversity of this record because I didn't get fatigue. You know, when I was listening to Kate the other week, these guys could blow these guys in the water. Uh, these guys out of the water. I think technically standpoint, but I'd rather see this album from start to finish than one track from that hate album. And yeah. I mean that a lot because that's. Um, I think that's what these guys do, Danny. Did you find that the same? I feel like these guys, you're right. They have a lot of tools, but they haven't sharpened any of their tools yet. So they, what yeah. I'm saying that they they feel like. The, they have what's there to make like great songs and great albums, and they have a great great effort here. But just everything just seems to be needs to be a bit more polished, put onto it. Yeah, and I think nothing comes to mind more so than hearing the third track, for example. And when I heard that, I was like, literally, that track is a friggin' phenomenal track. And yeah. I was like, how's everything else going to stand up to it? And maybe track five with the Rose Garden was close-ish. Mm. But aside from that, I found that. They got to be careful with uh, the sound that they deliver and just add a little more pepper and bite to some of these uh, ideas. However, it's potentially there. And, um, oh, it's, it's it's good. No, I'm, I'm excited for it, man. I'm like, none of these guys are going to be all right. Yeah, Even though I didn't love everything off the album, I could understand uh, the thought and the and the idea around it. Storytelling as well. You know, these songs are long for yeah. a reason. They wanted to go through the motions and they do that. And that's another thing they do really well. So it's kind of like, I feel like, you know, just kind of, Pulling them closer, then pushing them away. I feel like basically every girl I've ever liked mm. for the last ten years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah but you're, right. you're right. And they do quite a bit with the instrumentation. Yeah. Adding synths and adding a marching drum roll. Every intro is different. Like surprisingly yeah. different. Like they help one part be synth, one part be acoustic, one part be a marching band, one part be sound effects. So everything's like wow, this is always different. So that helps. So they're, they're not afraid to to be a bit daring but they just I think at a stage like Jack of all trades master of none type of attitude they really have to start getting a certain I don't know sound of starting just I, I think they can master that sound they just need to let it uh, just give it a good keep going with it and working on it and working on that singing 
Um, but I'm really liking the play between the guitarist and the keyboardist or the strings, or even if it's the same person. Who, I don't know. Keep working on that because I think more of that's going to work. Moving on to groove right now. And I think the one thing I love about this album, though, is there's always a way for me to feel connected to the album. I think the drummer does an adequate and sometimes a very good job of making sure that um, they're setting it up for you to engage with it. And I think this is the thing that I like about it is most. There's a simplicity to it. It's, yeah, it has been heard before, whatever. But if you want a Mars bar and you don't want a Snickers, then the Mars bar is going to be the best thing for you. And I think this is what these guys do. They're a Mars bar, you know. They're not like that awesome, sparkly, you know, rocky road that comes out with ice cream, whipped cream, and, you know, payments to all your mortgages that you have to pay through. It's just, yeah, it's, it's great for that. It does the job. And I think... um. I think that's when I saw the 725 fans. I thought, that's 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 Adelaide local. That's a shame, man. And maybe they're just stuck to being Italian local. But um, hopefully, you know, these guys can get a bit of more of a push because there is potential there, Danny. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, there, there was great feel when brought into this album. Groove says slightly, but more about the feel and what they're trying to set. With Again, with the parts where they try to ba- um, have those, let's call them uh, vocal battles between like the growling and the, and the melodic singing. So they try to give you there with um again the use of synth and the breakdown sections etc so yeah they try to create their groove in that feel and look at times yeah definitely there and with the melodies as well they're quite nice that you, you can see they're trying to create a do others telling a story or go for that mellow death yeah see like say very dark tranquilly or even in flames style yeah so probably like the so. earlier kind of style definitely not the later style that's yeah. for they, they they put themselves as god tier level compared to in flames battles album for example but uh, overall, with the production, Danny, and that's our final on the list, I think it's decent. I mean, I heard everything. It's enjoyable. It's not offensive, you know, and that's probably its biggest sin is that um, it's very much in a spectrum that you've heard and you're familiar with. But I think they do enough to just keep the songs engaging and fun. Yeah. So it's a, it's a basically, look, here's the thing. I actually really enjoy my death metal, and these guys do it to a play, part where I'm actually happy with it. If I saw these guys live, I'd enjoy the concert, Danny. Yeah, that's fair. So I, I think you're right. They just need a bit more conviction in. Uh, definitely, the singing needs to be a bit pushed harder with his clean stuff, and even trying to change it up a bit with his intensities. And yeah. just again, everything just needs to be pushed a little bit harder. Maybe they need a better producer or something to help them along to help them um, rough out the edges a bit or smooth out the rough edges. But look, there's a lot there, and there's a lot of good things going from there. Just have yeah. to, I think get to the next level yeah so with that it comes with a very strong recommendation if you perks up your ears though you want to listen to the track promise um or or basically rose garden i think those two there just set up what is potential for this band and they could have every track sounding maybe not you're not saying exactly like that but the quality of songwriting to, to when all those parts come together it's a powerhouse man and uh best of luck to these guys uh from italy i hope that our review of it gets you guys on the map, on the map a little bit um I had a fun with it, Danny. I might even actually listen to it again, this album. I actually... It was why we got into the show. Why I got into the show to listen to bands like this and talk about them. And, um, you know, I can't tell everyone they have to own this album. But, you know, if if you like Mellow Death and you like it like the, that kind of straightforward, then, yeah, have to have check it out. Well... This won't be making my top 10. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Yeah, yeah I've... Uh, you know, and by the sounds of it, it might make mine low on the list, but don't get me wrong. I think this year I found that um, the Juggernauts aren't really stepping it up as much as last year, and the middle card is kind of pushing its way up forward. Yeah, it's good. Well, as long as the fans can start being like, you know, not biased and you know, open their rights a bit and start supporting these smaller bands, because there are some great smaller bands out there. And yeah. 
just can't keep buying Metallica every time they release an album because they're not always good albums. No, and that's the thing. Like, uh, give it a chance, see what you think. But uh, in the meantime, Danny, I guess that's the end of our show. But before we go out today, Danny, we are almost in the middle of the year. Yeah. So that's I fine. think we need to celebrate with it because next week we'll be celebrating our actual anniversary of being born. Yeah. We've had the anniversary of the one year, but we are actually going to be celebrating our birthdays. Yeah, exactly. And they're not the same day. A lot of people think we're twins, but we're not. We're two days apart, which makes it more surprising. We but could be twins with one really unfortunate mother. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that's a long incubation period, man. Jeez. So, yeah, so we're both celebrating our end of this week. So, yeah, so next week will be our... Well, actually, this will be released on my birthday, but yeah, next week we'll be... Uh, yeah. We'll do something special for you guys. I think yeah. we've definitely uh, been teasing something the last 10 seconds about how special it's going to be. But I think uh, the fans uh, would want to hear something different and we'll give it to them, I guess. Well, yeah, one special bro- Super Metal brother, Matt, will be going uh, into Sydney to watch Flesh God. So. That's right. I'll give you guys a chat about what I think about Flesh God Apocalypse. There's a couple of bands who they're going to be playing with, but uh, they've been keeping it on the download. I'm sure they've announced it by now, but uh, I'll just surprise you next week. Sure. Until then, I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And in the voice of, in the, wait, in the words of Voice of Decay, dawn of a new day, and you see that something has changed. Could this be true? Could this be true? Could this be true? Could this be me? Or could this be you? I'm a Super Metal Brother Dan. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't know if I like the band anymore. <laughs> that was the last album. <laughs> see, see you next week, guys. <laughs>